Leanne Tran, psychologist who's worked with families whose kids don't fit the mould for almost 20 years. I've worked with children for decades, but I know parents are the real change makers when it comes to their kids. Having three kids of my own means I know it's not easy. Parent Like a Psychologist is all about simplifying how you support your kids with psychology information filtered through years of experience to take you from overwhelmed to confident. Come on in. Hey everyone. Thanks so much for joining me again on the podcast. I'm so excited that it is holidays, summer holidays here in um, Australia. I don't, well, Queensland, I know some kids are already on school holidays. Uh, some, it's their final week at school and they'll beginning, be beginning next week. I know some kids in other states like Victoria may have a little longer to go. Um, but I'm really excited that we're here already because I really enjoy the summer holidays. I enjoy spending time with my kids. I enjoy the um, lack of routine that we have, or I guess it's more so all those obligations of early mornings and deadlines and times to be places aren't there. And that's really relaxing for our family. But some families don't find it that way and that lack of routine can be um, tricky. And actually for us as well, it can be tricky getting back into the routine um, at the end of January before school goes back. So I do wanna talk today about managing transitions over the summer. Um, and that's a thing that's hard for lots of kids, but also all the more hard for kids who are autistic or have ADHD. Um, so I wanted to talk about some strategies today for preparing for changes and um, maintaining some structure and some strategies to ease the impacts of transition, I guess. And to start off, I think it's worth thinking about the big picture of transitions over the summer holidays. Um, we go from this really structured school environment, which has its benefits and drawbacks, and then into this free-flowing summer where there's not a lot on or there's a lot of different stuff on. Um, and often things like eating and sleeping get out of routine, out of um, predictable flow. And then we have another transition getting back into school at the end of January before the new school year starts. And so when we look at that big picture, I think it's um, it's going to be normal for things to feel really a little bit um, out of whack at the beginning of the holidays and then at the end of holidays as well. So in the beginning, some things you can do are to try to acknowledge where your children are at. Often kids finish the school year uh, at a really exhausted place. And so acknowledging that for a week or so they may not wanna do much um, is a good thing to do. And then at the end of the school holidays as well, there is that sense of wanting to cram in as much fun as they can before they go back. Sometimes as the bedtimes have gotten later and later throughout the holidays, there's a need to really wind that back and, and um, be a little bit more observant of the routine. And so that's something that big picture happens for um, all children over the holiday break. 
I think it's important to understand why transition is hard um, for some kids. It's hard for autistic kids, ADHDers, but also kids who are anxious as well. And there's two things I talk about often with families that contributes there. One is the um, intolerance of uncertainty or the fear that comes with uncertainty. And when things are changing, it's often that kids might not know exactly what's next. And so that um, their ability to tolerate that uncertainty varies child to child. And that means that how well they'll handle the transition will vary as well. The other thing with transitions is it's often um, how kids go with it depends on whether it's going from a great activity to a not great activity in their view. Um, and sometimes we call it a preferred activity to a non-preferred activity. It basically means if they have to stop doing something they really love and are enjoying to do something else that is unappealing, that is hard as well. So it's often thinking about those two things can help you understand transitions from your child's point of view. And knowing that for autistic kids and they will need a lot more preparation and um, planning for the transition and awareness that it's coming up. So I'll cover some of the tips that you can use um, to do that later on. Um, because I think creating a plan is a really good way to manage the transitions. Um, and that's, I guess, I always say that a plan is a form of communication and it's a way that if you have a plan of what's going to happen you can tell your child that and it's a process of being able to communicate about the changes and um, it doesn't have to be a one-way thing you don't have to be just telling your child about it you can ask for their input and make it a collaborative process as well Another thing you can do to help, um, so once you, when I talk about having a plan, I guess the idea is so that kids know what's coming up. Um, they can be prepared for it. An example of that might be if it's an activity that they haven't done before or not for a while. Um, one that comes up this time of year a lot is Christmas carols in the park or things like that if it's a family or school event. Kids might want to know all about it. What, um, who's going to be there? How many people? How loud will it be? What do I have to do? When can we leave? All of that kind of stuff. So um, having a plan about what's going to happen, when they need to get ready, when the transition needs to start is um, what I'm talking about when I say create a plan. Um, how you can communicate that with your kids is through things like visual schedules and um, task lists and calendars and that kind of thing. So a great suggestion is to try to create a calendar that lets kids know what is coming up over the holidays. Um, school, the school routine's fairly consistent. It's five days of school and it's two days of weekend holidays not so much you might have um, a vacation coming up for some of the time you may have family visiting 
Um, another thing to consider is when family uh, or parents are home. Um, sometimes it's good for kids to know when their parents are going to be off work and at home and when they go back to work because that's a change as well. Um, and letting them know what activities are on each day um, because it really gives that sense of it reduces the amount of uncertainty there is um, like I talked about before. Another thing is the um, maybe lists of things they, they need for the day or um, steps to prepare for. Um, for example, if it's going out to a friend's place, if it's going to a swimming event somewhere, what do you need to bring? What do you need to be prepared for? All of those things can be um, presented visually for kids. I think it's important to realize that there needs to be a little bit of flexibility in that routine as well. And so I use often a question mark idea in the plan so that if there's a vis visual schedule, you can put in a, a question mark of, well, I'm not sure what's gonna happen that day. Um, and it's, it minimizes a little bit of the uncertainty for kids, but it still lets them know um, that there's some unknown uh, parts to the, the schedule. And that way kids can be um, prepared for that and you can check in closer to the time. The thing too I think is um, striking a little bit of a balance maybe about the structure that of, of keeping to a routine to um, so that kids are prepared for transitions and then being flexible about it at other times. The balance is going to be different for all families. Um, but I think then I kind of think back to the big picture of things as well and think about the kinds of routines that you think would be really beneficial for your kids to keep in. Um, and how I think about that is the ones that if they go pear-shaped are really difficult to claw kids back from. Um, and so in our house, bedtimes uh, go a lot later in the summer time because then with our kids with about a week or so warning can move it back to, or gradually we move it back to going to bed at the regular time. Um, that's something we can handle okay. But things like screen time is something that we can't allow our kids to do all day, every day, because clawing it back is then really challenging. There's lots of, um, you know, emotional reactions to that and um, has flow on effects to other things like physical activity and eating and um, socializing, all that stuff. So that's something that we keep a lot more strict. Um, in the plan over the holidays. There are some strategies that you can use to uh, minimize the impact of transitions and I'll go through them briefly. I think again it's up to families to decide which ones are right for your kids. Some of the things you can do is um, have countdowns to transitions and so that might be um, counting down the minutes. If you've told your child it's time to stop playing with Lego because we have to go visit grandma or something like that, it's about saying to them, so you've got 
you know, half an hour to play. You've got 10 minutes more, five minutes, two minutes. It's time to pack up now. I'll help you with it um, so that they are aware of the time counting down, getting closer to the need for transition. That's important a lot for kids with um, ADHD as well, who have that difficulty with time and, and how quickly it passes. So again, using visual cues for that is helpful and something like a countdown timer um, that shows the amount of time left in a, in a different color on the clock face is really helpful. Another um, strategy you could use is social stories, which are stories written to communicate about um, different things in, well, kind of a, a whole range of different things basically stories that communicate some kind of message to your child. Um, and so if that's about how maybe these are better for bigger, bigger changes like going on holiday, you might talk about how, what, what the holiday is going to be like in this book with pictures um, to describe it to your child. So they're aware of that information. You read the book and they know things are coming up and going to be a bit different but then that they'll go back to, to normal when they come back from the holiday, um, things like that. The other thing is um, to think about sensory tools that you could use for transitions. So if it's a time that kids feel uncomfortable because they are uncertain, um, using some sensory tools can be a great way to help kids regulate and calm during that time. Um, of course, as a psychologist, I would be remiss not to offer <laughs> deep breathing and that kind of thing as a solution as well. So if the kids are initially a little bit upset, you can be saying, I know it's tricky. I appreciate it. You're trying your best. Sometimes deep breathing helps. You want to give it a go. Um, and you can offer them the sensory things as well at the same time might be something that they can use for in the car and then have it on the way back and things like that. All of these things are going to work better if you've tried them before and you know your kid understands them um, and you have kind of had some practice at using those things as well. Um, so pick the ones that you think work for your child. If there's something that is not on the list today, that's okay. Um, and now that I think about it, actually, that's probably something that you can put in the transition planning as well. So if you're thinking about how am I going to make this a success for my um, for my kids, maybe think about and jot down some of the things that you know about, you know, helpful strategies for the transition so that then in the moment you've got it written down, you don't have to problem solve and think it through. You can refer to what you've written in the plan. Um, it's always better to be pre-planned than to try to problem solve on the spot, um, in my experience. So I know this is a little bit of a shorter episode, but that's okay because it's summer holidays and parents are busy and we're trying to multitask. So I will leave it there for today. Um, and I'm going to be talking about some other things over the next coming weeks, like um, sensory play for kids and social um, activities. And so tune in for some other tips. I think one at a time to consider is enough um, for us poor parents. 
So that's it for today. And I look forward to um, talking again soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Parent Like a Psychologist. If you found it helpful, please share on Instagram so other parents can benefit too and tag me at Leanne Psychology so that I can say a big thank you. Head over to leannetran.com.au to join the village for bite-sized psychology tips straight to your inbox. I really hope this podcast has brought a new perspective and you a step closer towards a calm parent and a thriving child. Have a delightful day.